Jesus, betrayed, beaten, blamed, crowned with thorns, nailed to a cross, broken and shamed. Jesus, scorned, pierced, crushed, left to die in innocence, his innocent blood poured out for love. Jesus, placed in a tomb, guarded by a stone, the world left in darkness, humanity left scared and alone. Jesus, there he lay, dead, rejected, lifeless, giving way to death, for it is finished. But that wasn't the end. After three days, love would conquer sin, light would conquer darkness, peace would conquer chaos, life would conquer death. After three days, joy would conquer sorrow, hope would conquer despair, security would conquer anxiety, courage would conquer fear. Jesus, victorious, alive, powerful, crowned with glory, giving life for sinful man becomes the greatest story. Jesus, holy, savior, risen king, defeated death, defeated the grave, and rose to life again. Because Jesus rose, life would no longer be the same. Because on the day death died, death would no longer have a hold. The world would know his name. Because Jesus rose, humanity was given hope to choose life over death, joy over sadness, because no greater love has ever been shown. Because Jesus rose. Well, good morning, church family. I would like to welcome you to our special Easter service here at Gateway Church in Edmonton. So welcome to this special day when we are celebrating the victory of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection on the cross. You know, we call this day Easter, but we could actually give it a completely different title, and that's what I want to do today. I'm calling this message today, The Day Death Died, because that's what Easter Sunday is all about. It's about the day that death was defeated, that the grave was conquered, and that the fear of death could leave the hearts of men and women all over the world as they discovered peace with God, forgiveness of sins, and assurance of everlasting life. So Easter is the day death died. And so let me begin by talking a little bit about death. Not death itself, but the fear of death. You see, the fear of death is the greatest fear that human beings will ever face. And in fact, it's the root of all other fears. 
Just over the last couple of weeks, I have deliberately been reading some psychological literature and finding out how the fear of death really is at the root of almost every other fear that people experience. Well, I want you to think about it. Why are, why are people scared of heights? Because they're scared that they will fall to their death. Why are people scared of spiders? Because spiders, some spiders are so poisonous that their bite can lead to your death. And on and on we could go with every other kind of fear that you could mention. Psychologists tend to agree that the root of all fear is one fear. The fear of death. Now, even if you fear losing your job or not having money or, or losing the, one, the person that you love or something like that, you might think that's nothing to do with death. But they're all like little deaths. You know, we fear the, the death of a relationship. We feel the death of a dream or a plan that we have. We fear the, the, the death of our job and us facing financial hardships, all of those little deaths that we fear are leading up to the one big fear that we have at the end of our life, the fear of death. And as I've been studying uh, the writings and insights of a number of different psychologists on this subject, the fear of death, I discovered that many uh, psychologists and psychiatrists and counsellors believe after years and years of working with people who struggle with fear that the fear of death is so widespread that it is actually, it's not even listed as a psychological disorder. You know, certain fears and phobias are listed as specific disorders that people struggle with, but the fear of death isn't listed as one of them. Because it's so common. It is almost just a normal part of the human existence. And here's another insight that I stumbled upon. That many psychologists believe that almost everything that human beings do, from setting goals, making plans, developing hobbies... All of these things are actually a coping mechanism that we have. The purpose of, of all of these activities that we get involved in is to distract us so that we aren't sitting thinking about our own mortality. Instead of worrying about the fact that we will die one day, we busy ourselves with lots of other things, very often trivial and small and unimportant things, just to distract our mind from this overarching fear of death. Well, some, something that's really interesting is, in the past few weeks, everybody has had all of their distractions taken away. And everybody is suddenly becoming much more aware of their own mortality than before. And it's been really interesting and sometimes quite sad to read many, many comments on social media and in interviews and things like that and to discover how many people are terrified of the subject of death. 
And so, why is it that people are afraid of death? Why is it that death anxiety is a normal part of the human condition? Well, some people are afraid of death because they're afraid that that's the end, that there's nothing after it, that they've only got this time right here, right now to live their life. And once they die, there's no more chance. Everything is over. There is nothing. There is no God. There is no life after death. There is no heaven. There is no personal existence beyond death. And so that's why many people fear death. And I suppose that does not sound like a pleasant thing to look forward to at all. But I can think of something even more unpleasant. And this is the reason many other people fear death. Many other people fear death because they fear coming face to face with God. They fear their creator. They fear the final judgment. Now, I know the Bible does talk a lot about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But it's a different kind of fear. That word fear is probably better translated as reverence and um, honoring God and being in awe of God. It's not the same kind of fear as I'm scared and I want to go and hide from God. It's a different kind of fear. The fear of the Lord, a holy reverential awe at how amazing and powerful and almighty God is. That is the beginning of wisdom. But being scared that God's a bad person who might hurt you, that is not the biblical fear of God. That is something that you need to get completely rid of in your mind and in your life. And that is one of the, the reasons Jesus came. To reveal that God is not a big terrifying monster. But he's a loving heavenly father who only gives good gifts to his children. And no matter how far we stray away from him, the moment we come back he will run to us with open arms and welcome us home. These are all things that Jesus taught. And, but many people have a wrong view of God. They see God as scary, as frightening, as, as uh, um, legalistic and harsh and judgmental. And, and in fact, not even when we die, there are even many people that believe that God is the author of COVID-19 and he's trying to wipe people out on planet Earth to punish us for our sins. I've heard and read that in numerous, in numerous occasions. It is a wrong view of God. That is not who God is. That is not what God does. And so I want to just show you a, a passage here in the book of 1 John that tells us about this. It says, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. Can I ask you, I'm not asking you, have you put your trust in God? Have you put your trust in the word of God? But have you put your trust in the love of God? Do you really trust that God is a God of love? Not only does he have love, but look at the next words. God is love. 
And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect or more mature. So, now look at these next words, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. We should have no fear of seeing God face to face and giving a final account for our life. If we truly understand who God is and what God has done, and that is what the message of Easter is all about. We will not be afraid in the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not truly experienced his perfect love. Let's look at that last phrase. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. This passage in the Bible is saying that many people are afraid of God. They're scared of God. Not the the holy reverential awe of God, but they're scared of him terrified of him, scared of facing him, scared of giving an account for their life, scared of the day of judgment, scared of what punishment may come because they have never come to a place of realizing that God is love, that he is your loving father and that he sent Jesus to be your savior. And I'm hoping that by the end of this message, you will fully understand that. And once and for all, you will be free forever from the fear of death. And so, the story of Easter is the story of freedom from the fear of death. When you think about what Easter is about, It's about the fact that Jesus, God's son, who came to this earth to reveal how good, kind, and loving God was, to teach about his loving father, to heal and forgive as a demonstration of how kind and loving God is. And yet he was rejected. He was beaten. He was crucified and put to death. Yet as he died, he took upon himself the sins of the world. And as he was buried in the grave, he took our sins to the grave. And Easter Sunday is about the day death died. The day Jesus rose again from the dead, victorious. And once we know that death is defeated, we need have fear of death no more. Because the story of Easter is the story of freedom from the fear of death. Let's look at what the Bible says in the the book of Hebrews chapter 2. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus Christ, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die 
And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. I want to ask you a question. You personally, a question right now. Have you been living your life as a slave to the fear of dying and the fear of death? Because if you have, the good news of this verse is that Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, has broken the power of death and thereby broken the power of the fear of death as well. You know, when you think about this describing what Jesus did, and you think about the story of Easter, the story of Easter has Jesus being arrested, put on trial, beaten, whipped, crucified, dead, and buried. And during the same time as all of this death and sadness is going on, his disciples, his closest followers, his best friends are in seclusion, in a house, not going outside, hiding from the public because they have the fear of death themselves. They've just seen their master, Jesus, put to death, and they're scared that they're going to lose their lives too. And because they're scared that going outside the house might lead to their death, they're hiding with the fear of death, trembling, wondering what is going to happen next. And then there's this absolutely brilliant story in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And this is a long passage, but I want to read this to you. It says, very early on Sunday morning, this is the very first Easter Sunday morning. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Actually, in, in that culture, even in, in Aramaic, in Near Eastern cultures today, that, that are still that are still secluded from the rest of the world. They follow the same culture as the biblical time. And it is normal that three days after a burial, that the women of the family will go to the tomb and um, some, they, they will walk around the tomb and they will sometimes sing songs and say prayers and they may even bring uh, anointing oil and stuff like that. So this was, a, this was not an unusual thing for them to... They were doing their normal tradition on Easter Sunday. They weren't expecting a resurrection. And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for one who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? 
that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men and they didn't believe it. While they were talking about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there amongst them. And you know that every time Jesus appears, he puts away our fears. Peace be with you, he said to them. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you can see that I have. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Church, this was the day that death died. The day that the grave was conquered. And the day that the fear of death left the hearts of Jesus' followers. And the fear of death continues for the last 2,000 years to leave the heart of everyone who truly puts their trust in the Lord. I instantly fell to my knees in front of him. And I knew that I was falling in the presence of God. Crystal McVeigh wasn't having a dream. She had died and says she woke up in heaven. And it was this God that had run from my whole life. Her journey away from him began when she was molested at three years old. I grew up believing that I was disgusting and broken and filthy. Crystal went to church with her mother. When she was eight, she accepted Christ and was baptized. She hoped that would cleanse her from the guilt and shame of being molested. But the abuse continued until she was 12 years old. I decided that there were two options. Either one, there was a God and He didn't love me for whatever reason because He hadn't stopped the things that had happened in my life. He hadn't saved me. Or two, there was no God. In her teen years, Crystal started using drugs and alcohol and was promiscuous. By the time she was 21, Crystal was a divorced mother with two children. Finally, at 28, she settled down and married Virgil, and they had twins. Ten months later, in December 2009, doctors performed a routine procedure that triggered pancreatitis. She had complications and ended up with a 110-degree fever. Her mother, Bonnie, came to the hospital. She didn't look right. She looked swollen to me. They had uh, put her on a pain pump. I felt very calm and very peaceful. And I remember opening my eyes and seeing my mom sit at the chair at the foot of my bed, and I told her that I loved her. She felt cold, and when I looked up, her lips were blue. 
and she wasn't breathing. And I turned around, and her face was black. And I just started screaming, she's dead, she's dead. The nurse told me, she said, you need to leave, you need to, and I told her, I'm not going anywhere. Code blue, we need the crash card in here, quick. For the next nine minutes, doctors and nurses tried to resuscitate Crystal. About that time, Crystal's husband, Virgil, arrived. Everything went through my mind. I didn't know if she was alive. I didn't know if she was dead. I know why they didn't want me in there. It's violent. And so her nine minutes in heaven were my nine minutes in hell. While the team worked to revive her, Crystal says she was in heaven. The first thing I remember becoming aware of was that I was still me. And I was still the me who had just told my mother that I loved her and died. And I was very aware of the fact that I had just died. But I was also the me that had existed from the moment that God had created me. The light came to me as if I was in the middle of the tunnel, yet it went on for eternity. I remember being so at peace and so bathed in this light and this love. She knew she was in the presence of God. I didn't see a face. I didn't see any features other than this beautiful light. And words like amazing and perfect and beautiful, they fall so drastically short. I could not get enough of Him. I could not breathe enough of Him in. I could not get close enough to the light, and the light was all over me. Then, Crystal says she tried to ask God a question. I wanted to know why He didn't love me, or why He lets bad things happen. And yet, as I stood in front of Him, and I faced Him, and I fell to my knees, and I raised my hands, the question I called out to Him was, why didn't I do more for you? Because in an instant, He revealed His true self to me, which is love. I had never truly worshipped God ever in my entire life, but I fell in front of Him and I worshipped Him. And as I lay there in worship and awe of this Creator, I remember saying, I could worship you for eternity. Crystal traveled with God down a tunnel toward the gates of heaven. She noticed a small child ahead of her. She wore a bonnet on her head and she had a little white basket in her hand. I watched her pick her basket up and dip it in the light. She would scoop it and then she would dump the light out as if it was water. And the light would cascade out of her basket and she would throw her head back and she would laugh. And every time she laughed, every time she moved, my spirit began to swell as if it was a balloon with love. God revealed to Crystal that she was seeing herself at three years old. She was me at the moment that the enemy stepped into my life and whispered that I was worthless, that I was broken, that I was disgusting, that I got everything I deserved. She was the three-year-old that heard that God didn't love her, that He had abandoned her, that He had forsaken her, and that God didn't exist. And He allowed me to know that He had allowed me to look through His eyes and to see the truth. And the truth set me free. All of Crystal's doubts about the existence of God and His love for her faded away. 
I remember what it felt like to be in chains. And I remember the moment that he took them from me. I was free and he didn't just say, Crystal, I love you. He allowed me to experience his love and his love almost made me explode. Then Crystal says she heard her mother calling her name. And I said, can I go tell her that I'm okay? And he said, the choice is up to you. And I turned away from this light to go and find where her voice was coming from. And when I turned, he said, tell them what you can remember. And I remember calling back, I'll remember everything and I'll be right back. And I looked down through the floor of this tunnel of heaven. And it was as if I was looking at a million shimmering diamonds. And the instant that I noticed those diamond-like substances, I was back in my body. Crystal woke up in the hospital surrounded by the medical team. And I turned to my mom, who was crying, and I told her that I was in heaven, that I was with God, and that I was in the most beautiful light, and that I was okay. Crystal left the hospital eight days later. She'll tell you she left there a different person. My life has completely changed. Uh, The person that died in that hospital room was not the same person who came back in so many different ways. But the difference is is that I know that there is a, a God who loves us. I know that there is a Father who really is listening to us, who really is holding us. Crystal has written about her journey in her New York Times bestselling book called Waking Up in Heaven. People often ask me, what is your message? What message did he send you back with? And it is so simple that it just doesn't matter who we are, where we've been, what's been done to us, what we've done, that his love is so vast and so great that it encompasses everything. And that we have that love, not for anything that we've done to deserve it, but because he finds us worthy and because he gives us the choice to choose him. Wasn't that an amazing story? Has it helped you overcome the fear of death? Do you know, near-death experiences are very popular nowadays. There's lots of books and TV shows about them. But you may not know, they have been recorded for thousands of years. Going all the way back, even to the time of Plato, uh, the the Greek philosopher, he recorded a near-death experience as well. They come from ancient times to today. Now, they're much more common today because of our medical advances and we can resuscitate people who have just died. And so they're much more common because of that. But they're not new at all. And whether they come from the ancient world or the modern world, whether they come from China or France, it doesn't matter the culture, the religion or the time or place in history. Like that story we just heard, they all share similar messages and similar experiences. Usually a person feels themselves leaving their body and looking down on it. They often feel themselves entering a tunnel. They see a light at the end of the tunnel. And many people, as they get closer to the light, realize that the light is alive and it's loving. As they get closer, they realize the light is a being 
And many have got so close that they've said, it's Jesus, the light of the world, who is waiting for us at the other side of this tunnel. Often people will talk about a life review where they came face to face with the things that they had done in their life. Very often feeling ashamed of many things as they saw how they hurt and wounded other people. And then there's a return. This was not your time to die. It's time for you to go back. And they return to their body. And Lots of scientists have done real in-depth studies of these near-death experiences and not only what happens to a person when they're dying. And the reason that scientists, many scientists study this is because of today's subject, the fear of death. Can we understand something about death? Is there knowledge about it that we could gain that would take away our fears? But not only have they recorded the experiences that people have regardless of whether they were atheists or Christians or Muslims or Buddhists, regardless of whether they lived five years ago or 500 or 5,000 years ago, those similar experiences are part of the human condition. But researchers have also discovered that the people who have this experience, when they come back to life, they are transformed. Now they have a focus on enjoying life. Instead of struggling and striving and fussing and fighting with people, they now see life as a gift. It's almost like a vacation we're on. We, we left heaven and we came to this place on a vacation. And we should enjoy the gift of life. And they make it now their mission to enjoy each and every day, not to cram as many activities into it as possible. A second thing that people who have had these experiences discover is that they become more loving and kind people and that relationships, real relation, loving, kind, compassionate relationships to them become the only things that are important in life after their near-death experience. And the third thing that they report is after seeing the light after seeing the light of the world, after seeing the Creator and feeling His unconditional love, that they have lost the fear of death. Wouldn't it be great if every one of us watching this could lose like that the fear of death and could live in peace and bliss instead of living in anxiety and with a sense of dread in our life? And so that brings me to you and me. How does all this apply to us? If, we, if all humans live with the fear of death, if all humans are trying to distract ourselves from worrying about death, if we know that death is inevitable and we fear it because we know that we haven't lived the way that we should live and we're not sure what's going to come afterwards, and we are frightened of seeing our life played back. We are frightened of giving an account to God. And yet, God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins so that we can be forgiven. To conquer the grave so that we can know that eternal life is a gift that God gives us. 
and to bring us inner peace so that we will no longer live in the fear of death. How can we experience that? Let me put a few questions to you today and let's look at them. Do you know for sure? Do you, you personally, do you personally know, not think, not hope, but know, know for sure, number one, that God is love? Or do you fear that God may be a two-faced person who's loving sometimes and angry at other times? The Bible never says God is anger, God is hate, God is vengeance. never says those things, but it says God is love. Do you know that for sure? Secondly, do you know for sure that God, who is love, loves you? Loves you just the way you are. Now, you might be thinking, if you knew me and the mess I've made of my life and the things I've done wrong, you wouldn't be saying just the way you are. No, I am saying just the way you are. God isn't waiting for you to do something to earn his love. He already loves you just the way you are. Now, thankfully, he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And he wants to transform us into somebody new. Here's my next question. Do you know, know for sure, that your sins, your mistakes, the things you've done wrong in life are totally and completely forgiven? Do you know you're forgiven? Do you know that you're cleansed, that you're free? Do you know for sure that Jesus is your savior? That you have welcomed him into your life? That you have believed that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again? Do you know for sure that heaven, where your loving heavenly father dwells, is your eternal home? You know, this is the message of Easter. God is love. God loves us just the way we are. God did something intervening in history through Jesus Christ to make sure that our sins could be totally forgiven. That Jesus, by doing that, became our savior. And the doors of heaven swung open and heaven is our home. Let's just look at, look on here. It's some Bible verses. James chapter 4, verse 14. How do you know what will happen even tomorrow? What, after all, is your life? It is like a puff of smoke that is visible for a while, then dissolving into thin air. You know, life goes by quick. The Bible says that. But here's what else the Bible says. The Lord deeply cares when his loved ones die. Because he loves us and wants to bring us into his home. Let's read on. Here's what else the Bible says. You, God, saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. 
Church, if you believe that, if you know that, if you believe the promises of Scripture are true, why do you have fear of death? Every day of your life has been pre-recorded by God in his book. Let's read on. John 3.16 says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, So that everyone, including you, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you know you are an eternal being, that you will live forever, that dying is just like taking off your your coat and throwing it aside, taking off your body and throwing it aside, you would never have the fear of death. That whoever believes in him, will not perish, but will have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now you might be saying, well, how can I be part of this? How can I know for sure that I am saved, that my sins are forgiven? that heaven is my home, that I have nothing to fear. How can I know that for sure? Let's just look at this last verse from the Bible, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. I'm going to lead us in a prayer just now. It's a prayer for us to open up our lives to God. To put our faith in Him. And I want you to look at this prayer on the screen here. And I'm encouraging you to say this prayer with me. I'm encouraging you to say it out loud wherever you are and openly declare that you believe Jesus Christ is your savior, that he died for you and rose again from the dead and accept him into your life. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, I know that I am a sinner And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life by the presence of your Spirit. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me my sins and giving me eternal life. Transform me into the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer and you believe that prayer, your sins are forgiven. Your life will last forever. Heaven will be your eternal home. And God, your Father, will be your guide through life. Please connect with us. Let us know that you said this prayer and that you made this decision. And continue to follow us on social media over the coming weeks. 
God bless you and see you soon. All right, church, that's it for our special Easter Sunday celebration. I'm so excited that we were able to gather together and to worship together and to celebrate what Jesus did for us all those years ago. Um, as we wrap up, though, I want to encourage you guys to connect with us. If you have a need or if you have a question about Gateway or you need prayer, just fill out one of our, our connect, online Connect card or our online prayer card. We want to be in touch. We want to be there for you. We want to support you guys in this time. As well, I want to encourage you once again to join a group. We have Christianity Explored groups launching in just two weeks, and these groups will be exploring um, the book of Mark over a seven-week course. It is going to be a great opportunity to connect, and to grow in your faith, and to build relationships with other people. So be sure to check out our different group options by clicking the link above, the group's link above, or down below in the comments, and check out our different groups. As well, I want to say a huge thank you once again for continuing to be so generous and to give to Gateway. All your money is continuing to support this church, to support our mission to reach people with the love of Christ, and to support the families in our communities that are in need. So thank you, church. All right, that's it for today. God bless. Hope to see you guys next week.